You are now tuned in to the sounds of Big Nate Sports Talk. It's on all the time, anytime. I don't know if I'm okay. I don't see the light of day. Looking up to higher ground. Thinking that'll be your sweet escape. These days gotta schedule the romance. They say they love is a slow dance. A short bike ride to the crib using no hands. Oh shit, it feel like I'm floating. But I'm falling with both eyes closed when I let the world spin. Test in the water, she got my nurse test. Back when I ain't even have a purpose. I was so eager to learn some things. Anxiety bring out the worst to me. Society paint me as enemy. My niggas making it by that remedy. I'm more occasional, don't do it regularly. Backs under my eyes, weighing down heavily. Mama been worried, the devil allegedly deep in the plan. Subconsciously wanted it since I was 10. I thought I was sharp on my scroll and my pen think it did. So mama found she did them ledge. She told me that's not who I am. But nowadays I put on for the fam, see you when I can I'm surrounded by my feelings, I'm stuck on a Ferris wheel I bet I perish with 140 acres She wants the horse and the carriage, a portion and portion of garbage I talk to the mirror, I know that life's not the fairest I lost my can, I can't pay off the bills with the blessing I sure I relate to the Reddit page It's feeling like money is everything Money is everything You are now tuned in to Big Nate Sports Talk, the show that's on all the time, anytime. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe for all content. And now, ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nathan Snell. Bring your sports game with Big Nate Sports Talk. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is your host, Nathan Snell of Big Nate Sports Talk Podcast. This is season 14, episode 15 of the podcast. And in this episode, we are... Painfully um, recapping the Maryland Terrapins. Our season came to an end a couple weeks ago to the number one ranked Alabama that unfortunately, uh, I like to say up front, uh, the Maryland women's uh, recap against South Carolina, losing to them uh, Monday. Uh, that video is also going to be recorded. I'm going to have this, this done, recorded, record that after this episode is done. And then previewing the final four for the men's as well. The video this morning should have went up with my alongside my friend, alongside with Brendan Potts, previewed the women's uh, final four. Um, and then once those games, obviously recapping and getting ready for the championship. And then once the championship is complete for both men and women's, they we're getting back into the swing with NFL mock draft, NBA mock draft, and the WNBA mock draft, along with offseason stuff. But um, ladies and gentlemen, I have a very special guest. He is one half of the Watch the Football Weekly show alongside uh, the Herndon's finest, Sean Spencer. Shout out to Sean Spencer. Uh, great guy, Maryland fan, even though he lives in South Carolina. Uh, by default, he's technically a Gamecock fan, but that's okay. Uh, good friend of mine. Ladies and gentlemen, please, let's give a warm welcome to Mr. Will Kramer. <laughs> How you doing, Nathan, sir? Nathan, Nathan, I'm doing great. I appreciate that introduction, but let me just tell you, I'm a Terps basketball fan first. Absolutely, I am, I am that. But the Lady Gamecocks are are good. They're in our backyard. 
I met my wife at the University of South Carolina. So we do have some some love there. Um, but for yeah, sure. no, Terps for, first and, and foremost, absolutely. I like it. I like it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, check out Washington Football Weekly. Uh, they didn't do an episode this past Wednesday, but they'll be back on next Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we're really keeping in the loop with, they'll keep you in the loop with what was happening with the Washington Commanders. Uh, they've been really holding it down with the free agency talk, what to expect in the draft. Um, the Dan Snyder snafu look like he's going to sell the team. So definitely check those guys out. I'll leave Sean Spencer's uh, YouTube channel. Um, the link will be in the description. Again, great show, Washington Football Weekly. Um, but we're here to talk about uh, Maryland's men's basketball. Um, let's keep it real. Um, not everyone expected this team to get to where it was this year. Um, I felt the way how things ended last year, um, where you had Mark Turgeon basically check out middle of the year and um, I can't remember the assistant's name on top of my head now. He escapes me. Danny Manning. Danny Manning. Thank you. I was going to say um, Jawan Howard. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'd be lucky, maybe. <laughs> you know, um, I, I appreciate what Danny Manning did. He helped the fort down. But um, Kevin Willard, I was actually surprised at that hiring. A lot of people were pushing, pushing for Rick Portino. There were some other coaches realistically like Will. But realistically, like Maryland is – I think you had to kind of look at it by program wise. Maryland's kind of, I still think kind of figured it out. Um, I'm coming to you, Will. I think I've always kind of figured will Maryland be a balanced school when it comes to basketball and football. It's just there was that just a spell where you had coaches that just didn't make the programs any better. No, no, no. And and I think um yeah, I was I was a Patino guy just because I'm like, you know, this will be his last ride. He could probably bring in a couple of recruits. We know he can coach. Look what he's doing in Iona, getting them to the tournament every single year. So it's like if he did it at Louisville, like he's got to be able to, you know, make us a national title contender. Um, but I think the the most frustrating part for Maryland fans has been untapped potential that both Gary was not willing to do and Mark Turgeon just never was able to get the bigger inroads. He got some of the WCAC guys. I mean, Mello was huge, um, but he had no relationship at Damatha. And it was to the point where like, you know, that's what some of so many of our fans are just like, there's just too much talent around here. And Kevin Willard all of a sudden in year one tapped into all of that. You know, now, now some of that came from, he brought in a really good re uh, recruiting coordinator in Tony skin who had those inroads, who, I don't know if you saw, he became the Mason men's basketball Virginia. coach today. Yep. Wish him all you the know? best at George Mason. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but they've already tapped in for next year, so they're already making some inroads. But most importantly, Willard also brought in a Damatha kid when he got Jameer Young to, to transfer in. That was huge to get that connection um, happening already. Um, so I, I think that the fear was Willard would be Turgeon 2.0. A guy who's coming from a smaller school. This is a step up, and he's good, but not great. Um, and we'll get to it when we get to our future expect, you know, next year's expectations. But I think he surpassed everyone's expectations. Uh, and I and I agree with that. I, I really thought it was a little 
uh, Bush League for Turgeon to kind of come out and call out the fans and saying, well, we need more support. Well, if you're not winning, like it, it, like the first couple years getting into the March Madness, it was great, but after a while it got stale. And his recruiting was not that great. Uh, he messed out on some really great talent. Every time we play Michigan, Hunter Dickerson reminds us, you should have picked me. Mm-hmm. And he makes it clear. He really wanted to come to Maryland, but I I really can't. I, with Mark, it's just one thing. I think the way – and I, I kind of feel like he walked out on us in a sense. And uh, Kevin came in, like you said, changed the culture. Guys were brought in from day one and tapped on potential. Now, this season, we got to round 32. And um, we saw the um, – well, then before they lost – the number one ranked Alabama. Um, like a lot of people that didn't even predict us to win West Virginia, beat West Virginia. Right, right. And um, Maryland, we got the last laugh on that. Um, there were some weaknesses throughout the season, Will. Um, I'm going to start with you. What did you, before coming into the NCAA tournament, what did you not like as the season was progressing? Well... I kind of felt like we we plateaued in mid-January into February. Um, I give Willard and his staff all the credit in the world for really like squeezing all the juice out of this team. But, you know, towards the end of the, of the season, you know, that game against Penn State win and you get the two seed in the Big Ten tournament and they just had a clunker of a game and messed it up at the end. So you were just kind of starting to see that the offense was getting a little stale that, you know, some of the, they were really relying on on getting into opportunities to press and cause turnovers because the offensive flow was just not, not working. So those are some of the weaknesses that I had. And for as good as Hakeem and Dante were this year, it's almost like we just, we kind of ran out of fuel and and you know their shots maybe their legs got tired by the end of the year they were asked to play a little bit tougher defense in Willard's system than before and our our shooting ability which was never good got pretty bad and and you saw that in the in the Bama game you saw it when we played Indiana and, the, and you know the, the the last two losses that we had really came down to the other team started to get hot and we weren't able to keep up with them and our, our shooting you know let us down you know, and, and, and to add on to that, I, I so I started, I joined Maryland Sports Blog, and there's a lot of guys, people that cover the Maryland Terrapins men's side. And I kept telling them, if you look at the team closely, Turgeon's fingerprints were all over it. You still had carryover with Dante, Hakeem, Ian Martinez, um, Julian Reed, who I think took a major, uh, took a big oh, step yeah. forward, but he, Willer had no choice but to play him out of position at times. I think he's truly, he's a natural four. And, uh, and then you're, when you bring in transfers, this was kind of a placeholder. It was kind of like, well, let's hold the four down until next year. Um, I, I second all, I agree with all your thoughts. Um, I thought the biggest thing was right of right. I think we, I don't think we overachieved, but right around January, February is when we just plateaued. The shooting just showed. I think our, I think Willard did the best he could to cover those flaws. But yeah. um, I think also to the Big Ten, one thing about the Big Ten and also for the women's side is, is that it's very physical. And I felt like with Jameer, for example, the guards were going at him. And you really kind of saw that going into the tournament. And 
uh, Don Carey, great players, but I, I don't know if it was just they're just one-dimensional or just the system. They just got tired because I, I, when it mattered, and especially against Alabama, we kind of held our, our own hand in the first quarter, but after the second, it just – yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think one. if I have to be critical of Willard about one thing is he allowed the offense to be too much freestyle. Yes. And he said he coaches defense, but he doesn't really coach the offense. And just like you said, it's a great point how this was Mark Turgeon's stamp all over it. You had some of those guys. And the one of the complaints I had about last year's team was the ball just stops with players. Mm-hmm. And the ball stops with Dante Scott a lot, you know, and, and – that's kind of where I know he's still kind of wishy-washy on, is he going to come back? Is he not? And I'm just sort of like, we're bringing in, you know, these new guys. I don't want to say too much about the, the next couple segments, but it's like Willard allowed the ball to stop a little bit. He allowed yep. the guys to free will on offense. And and you're right. Like Jameer, hence why I think he decided to come back is he went up against bigger, quicker, bigger. Th- more physical guards and, and he, he, you know, his end of the season was not good. And so that's not the momentum that's going to help you go to Europe and play, you know? And he realized like, I could use another year of playing for in sure. the big 10. Cause he, he had a really good, you know, season for us. Season. And he saved yeah. us in many, many ways. But like you said, we're kind of on the same page. We basically plateaued um, and then we got to tournament play. So I was thrilled that we won that game against West Virginia. Um, but you know, they were who they were, and he, yeah. he got everything out of it. And the fact yeah, that we sure. made the tournament itself made, made me happy. For sure. I agree. Um, to me, the, the, the going, just getting into the NCAA tournament, um, and that's going to be the next, that's what's going on by next, going our next segment. Um, again, when they picked us, they picked us to be at the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Um, and it's just something about when you have a coach that changes the culture everybody's brought in as a trust that that's what good coaching looks like. That's what, that's why Kevin was so successful at Seton hall. Um, now could we have wished that from Mark Turgeon? Sure. But I, I think everybody's just kind of stuck in their ways, but I think he knew he could definitely get the potential out of these guys. Uh, like Julie Reese gets an honorable big 10, all, all big 10 honorable mention. Um, Jameer young gets makes an all big 10 team. Um, you see the potential. You see what he's bringing in for next year's class. Yes. Because now this is now next year's officially the Kevin Willard era. Yes. Um, I was not surprised um, in the game against Alabama. Uh, the biggest thing was going to come down was the shooting. Um, yeah. And and also, too, we really had some foul trouble. I really felt like throughout the season that's something that just really just plagued us, um, which is it was just fouls. Um, yeah, that's something we got to work on next year. Really got to knock down, down the fouls. Especially the bad fouls coming from, from Reese. There's just mm-hmm. a couple just bad plays on defense that he does that, you know, that could be two fouls, you know, in the game that removes him from it. And you saw, I mean, I think, I think, uh, you know, Willard put him in with four fouls at one mm-hmm. point because he just said, I got to stop the bleeding out here. You know, you knew the Bama run was about to happen. Yep, and and at, at some point, I kept watching the game going like, hey, we're sticking with them. We're playing well. But then it's like, yep. uh, at once at once the second half started, it's like a run's coming, a run's coming. 
And when it came, he had to put him back in because we had no nothing to combat, you know, their two yep. big inside guys. And, you know, and then he got another cheap, maybe not the best call either, but he put himself in a situation to get a cheap foul call to end yeah, this, for sure. this season. You know, it's like that. That is certainly something he, that he's going to have to work on next year um, because we have nothing behind him. Right, for sure. And I think also, too, I think it just comes with maturity. I think it just comes with just continuing to just work on his game. Because, I mean, he, 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 I see similarities in him and his sister who's at LSU. They kind of have similar games. Um, but I also, too, think if you put him in his natural position, I think you see a lot, a lot more differently. Because some of those, I'm not going to lie, some of those calls were a little ticky-tack. Oh. And I get it. Every official is different when they were calling the game. Um, and I get it. Um, I agree with what you said. I, we we were we stuck there with them. They didn't score the 20th point, if I remember correctly, until like the 15th minute mark in that game. Yeah. So uh, we did early, a good job making them uncomfortable early, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think you're going to win a lot of basketball games where you're sticking 19, you made 19 shots out of 54 attempts. I, that's just not right. winning basketball games. Right. So, so um, painfully, um, I wasn't disappointed. Uh, it wasn't like we were like the number one, number one seeded team. This was kind of like, you know, it's a reminds me of a team where you don't expect, oh, wow, like, like a FAU or, or Foman almost. Like the Maryland Turbans got in there to round 32. <laughs> like it was kind of, a, it was a, like a surprise. Yes. Um, and I'm actually kind of optimistic for the for the for the off season. Um, Mark, I mean, Kevin's done a very good job of bringing in some guys, and I know Hakeem is deciding to transfer. I wish him mm-hmm. all the best in his journey. Um, Dante Scott, I believe, is a senior, so he's graduating. Um, but he has I that think- COVID year. Yes, he can take so the fifth eligibility. Yeah. Um, Ian, I know is so is a, is he a junior. Yeah, yeah, he's still around. And then Don Carey, I don't know what he's gonna do. He came in with use he used his last eligibility. So he's graduating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um I don't know that roster's gonna look a little different. I was a little scared Jameer would leave, but I'm glad he stayed the course. Um, I mean, no matter where he was going to go, they're going to he was they were going to get a, a good player. So, yeah. What are, what are your your thoughts on um, the transfer portal so far, and what are you liking about the recruits? Yeah, so so the transfer portal, I'm I'm pretty excited about it because what I think. What gives me a lot of encouragement is I believe that that Willard knows what lineup he's got and what he's got to bring in. Um, he knows he needs another another shooter to replace what, and he really wants with between the freshmen he's got coming in plus Jameer coming back. He wants someone when they dribble and drive and pass out. He wants someone who can knock down the shots. I think that's why he was able to convince Noah Bachelor to stick around because I think he wants him to be there next year. Bachelor came in with the three point, you know, shooting ability. He struggled this year, but he had limited minutes. So he really couldn't get into a rhythm. So I think you're going to see a guard come in that, that can, that can make threes. 
Um, I think they know they they have to get another big man in there. So they need somebody in between Julian and Caleb Swanton, Raja, CSR. I can't remember the second part of his last name right now. Um, and they're now probably going to need somebody to replace Dante Scott at the four. So they're, they're going to need to get some big men. I'd love for them to get two big men in just to take some of the pressure off Julian. Um, he, he made leaps and bounds, like you said, and got thicker this year. But sometimes I'm like, I think maybe you might have meant to as well. Like I think he might be better at, at a four as opposed yeah. to having to play the five, but it's a necessity for us. Um, so I, I wish they'd bring in two, but I think we're going to see one or two guards come in and then you're going to see one big man. They know they've got to get somebody. So I do believe him. I, I have a lot of faith that they're going to get some people. Yeah. And then it's going to complement this freshman class that, could potentially be our most exciting freshman class since 2003 yeah. when Gary took that ride of the title and brought in the Chris McCrae's, the Travis Garrison's, <laughs> you know, what was the guy who, uh, the point guard, I'm, I'm forgetting his name, who had all the potential in the world. Steve Blake? Uh, no, it was after Steve Blake, the guy who took over afterwards. Steven Vasquez? No, nah, that's 2010, before that. Um he wore number 11, Mr. Gilchrist, John oh, Gilchrist. John, Cri- John Gilchrist. You know, so he brought in these all these bunch of four-star, you know, uh, players. And uh, Nick Kenner Medley was one of them. And then mm-hmm. you just saw that it, it, they never panned out as a never team. Never panned out. Um, but so this there's a lot of excitement. He got the WCAC Player of the Year, Deshaun Harris. That was coming in. That's big. He got a dude who's from the Virginia area, from Woodbridge, but he's down in in uh, in my in IMG in Florida. In Jamie Kaiser, Kaiser, yep, got Kaiser over Indiana, Indiana. as the that's final crazy. two. That that's a big get. He's um, a four star too. It is good play, and he's he's your Hakeem Hart replacement. They've yep. got a dude from Baltimore, Jonathan Lamothe. So Saint Francis. Yep, so he's hitting the D.C., he's hitting the Baltimore area. They also bring in another kid from Florida, um, local ties as well. Uh, I think it's Braden or Brandon Pierce. Yeah, he's the three-star. The, three the star big center. guy, and but he's likely going to redshirt, so we can't really factor it into like the, the lineup. He's, he's raw. But the three guys he's bringing in are going to they – can, they can shoot, they're athletic, and that's what you saw against Alabama was they were bigger – faster, stronger than us out there. And as much as I love Jameer, he was up against a 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", guard. There's a different – I mean, there are several inches of height difference, four to five inches there. And he kind of got got pushed around, and they didn't let him drive on him. And so I think some of these guys are going to bring in a little bit more, more length, a little bit more athleticism. And I think it's going to allow for us to, you know – move the ball a little bit more, both offensively, fast breaks, kind of pick up the pace a little bit. So there's a lot of excitement with this freshman class. And I think Willard knows what pieces he needs to bring in to complement that. So, I mean, I can't wait for November next year, to be honest with you. And I I can't wait for it either. I'm optimistic. Um, Like I said, next year we'll have more of his fingerprints on the team. Um, I think he's going to probably go and get probably two, maybe three players out the portal. But mm-hmm. I think he's going to really – he's not going to open up the, the floodgates on the on the freshman. Because, like you said, I do agree. I think Brandon might Brandon might redshirt. Um, I would like to see them get a point guard uh, behind Jameer. Um, 
just for, for my sake. Um, I don't mind. I think we've got a little, I think we're a little trigger happy with shooting guards. Yeah, you want shooting, but I would like someone to really create, be, be the point. And um, you can never go wrong with wing player. So I think what Mark, what Kevin, I keep saying Mark, what Kevin has brought into, is, is bringing into the next year um, class, I think is really good. Um, I know three of them have already committed, uh, except Brendan. He's a hard commit. Right. But he hasn't signed his letter yet. So uh, he'll probably sign it probably around before uh, school year's up. Um, you know, though, I could go for some more turnover. We've got two big guys, those two Euros, who they're just not suited to play in the Big Ten, Revis really? and, um, and Zweba. And I'd love for them to get out, too. Um I, because I just I feel like you could probably get something just as good in a transfer portal. Sure. I mean, I mean, because if if they could play when we had games that where we you know Reese had to sit, we didn't go to them ever. You know, even in the or in the final games when when sometimes we'd have some garbage minutes, whether we're winning or losing, yep. we didn't go in. You know, he played Ike, he played Bachelor, there, he, he played, played yeah. Jahari Long. You know, his guy that came with him from Seton Hall. But he didn't really bring in those those two euros, so it's, they're kind of taking that. up a roster spot. I kind of see that also too. Not not, not to get off top, I kind of saw that too with Brenda and her and, and the girls. There be moments this during the season where we're up like twenty something points, and you got three freshmen on the bench, one one who's a four star, and she's transferring, and right. you're not even she's not even in the, getting in the game. Like that, that, that really, that really bugs me. Mm-hmm. You got mm-hmm. like, you, if, if they're there for a reason, play them. But right. I do see Patrick um, getting a bigger role next year. I definitely see him. Emilian? Um, Emilian. I see him. Getting he's out of role. options. I wish. Oh, he's so he graduating. Yeah, yeah, he he came in as a as a grad transfer. I know he he ah, that's right. okay. turned into a in that that's tough because he was really kind of coming on, but yeah, he's done. So is it okay? So let me say so. So this upcoming class, they don't get an extra year, a COVID year. What do you mean? So like, for example, okay for for the women, right? Abby Myers transferred from Princeton, so yeah. she's done. Diamond Miller is declared for the draft but she could if she wanted to she could go back another year so i'm saying after with this coming this class coming in 2023 do they get a year a COVID year or they have all four years freshman this year i think this is the end of the COVID. COVID year. okay that's what yeah I figured. yeah because they haven't had to deal with it and i don't even know if like incoming freshmen this year would have would be available you know able to call it i mean you got a full season and they didn't have to it's all about where where, you know were you playing in 2020 when the season got interrupted right and no it makes sense because okay for example mila reynolds this she only has three years left and then um hakeem has one year left since he's transferred he does he does so that makes sense yeah while he was a senior he had always had that ability to play a fifth year without even being like a grad school exemption type thing. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And, and it was, really, it was time to, to part ways, you know, he, 
he, he had a he had a way better career at Maryland than I anticipated. When he came, he couldn't sure. dribble the ball, he you could. know, and he was skinny. He was small, you know, and he really turned into by his senior year to be a, a very good role player, solid addition to the squad. And so I think it ended up being great. Um, you know, he, he's a you know one of those guys where if you're the fourth or fifth option on a team, he's very valuable. Um, so he he surpassed my expectations, sure. but it's time to go. You know, yep. there were talks that, well, he could bring senior leadership and he doesn't need the ball to shoot it. Um, so he could be a good addition to these freshmen. But I'm kind of like, we let Kaiser come in and start. Let these, you got to also let some of these freshmen, you know, take them opportunities. Yeah. yeah. It's one thing if, if like, you know, Jameer is going to take some of the pressure off, you know, Deshaun Harris Smith because they both can play point guard. So that's going to take a little bit of that pressure off a freshman coming in and saying, good, take over, you know, but. When you're talking about some of the other positions, you know, big men usually need some time to develop, you know, physically. There's a huge difference between yeah. a sophomore and a freshman. But those some of those other spots, it's like let let these young pups get in. Yeah. And that's one of my kind of my downfalls why I don't like the transfer portal. Um, because the really it's the freshmen coming out of high school. They're the ones that are hurt the most. Um, because you have to come in guns blazing and ready to contribute. And I just saw Brenda's side, three freshmen are transferring because the next, I feel like one, the transfer portal and then number two, like what's coming in next year, this coming, this coming year. They're like, I could, I could probably go somewhere else, but sure. I I just, I I hate to see that because it's like, give them the opportunities. And I feel like we're, it's not just Maryland, it's, it's across the board. They're just everyone's just taking advantage of the portal, and really got to really got to fix it. You got to fix it. I think there there almost needs to be some type of like you get one. You know, you can move a school to another school one time, but this whole bounce around from school to school that some of these kids have been able to, and some of that is that you know they're really taking advantage of the COVID rules. Mm -hmm. You know, so that is that is going to phase out. But, you know, it's I don't know. It's like it's a hard thing because you you allow coaches to leave. I mean, North Texas just won the NIT and their coach signed with with Texas Tech, you know, no penalty there. You know, so it's like you can't you can't fault the kids too much. But then, like you said, you bring in one 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 person. He doesn't get the playing time that he wants and he bounces. You know, it's like you lose out on a a kid one year as a freshman. It's kind of like stay in touch. Because if he's not happy, he may come come to come back. School. Exactly, exactly. And also, too, you hate to see you hate to see anyone that's committed to your school decommit. Brenda just lost a commit for this coming class because her sister uh, was going to be in this upcoming class. And since she's transferring, well, I'm not going to come to Maryland. So right, right. And yeah, they got to fix that for sure. Right. Um, but I do think it the the transfer portal though does allow for you to plug holes if you have them for sure. You know, I mean, because like otherwise, if we were just getting these freshmen coming in, we've got a seven footer though he's not ready to play. Mm-hmm. That's not a that's a problem. But if we can go get someone from you know, there's a talk a couple of those Ivy League schools um, have mm-hmm. have one or two. You know, I think Harvard's got a big man, Bucknell's got a big man. Like they're physically. More prepared. prepared. So we can yeah. we can plug some holes. So it's got its pluses and minuses. Right. And, and you're right. They, it, they do need to kind of sit down and say, okay, we need to put some regulations Which on this. On what that. are we going to do? Because some of the – I'm not going to really – before we send to the next, like the Ivy League, they, some of them can play. 
in the Big Ten, and, yeah. and really on any team. Really, Jameer Young. He came from Charlotte. Charlotte. I, I I can't. I'm like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> and, they do, and he got know? he got robbed. You know, I mean, I think he should have been first team Big Ten. He got he named second team. I'm like, uh, I think he was he was probably one of the top two guards in in the in the in, sure. in the in their conference, in my opinion. I agree with that. Um, next question, uh, next segment I want to ask is, what was your favorite uh, memory of this season? I don't have the uh, banner up, so. Yeah, you're good. You're good. I think it's it's between the the Wisconsin game and the Indiana game. So maybe it was it was the Indiana game, and okay. part of it is, is um it it shows what the program can be. So the Wisconsin game is always a, a it's more of a stressful game for me. My in laws are live in Madison, so yeah. so there's, that's always a, a bigger game. But more importantly, I would always get frustrated with Turgeon's teams because so Turgeon's when when they moved to the Big Ten, he figured out. If I slow the game down, I can be more competitive. And he's like, if he would always talk about the fact that, well, you should see our offensive efficiency as opposed to, he goes, I have more quality possessions instead of quantity possessions. And I didn't feel that worked with the personnel. And that was one of the things that impressed me about Willard is he came in and said, okay, well, we're not the best shooting team, so we need to find a way to manufacture baskets. We're going to play defense. And he pressed. He's like, and we're going to – you know, we're going to push the ball and against Wisconsin in, I think, I think we played them twice, but definitely the game in college park that mattered. We blew them out because we pressed them. And as soon as we got a rebound, we pushed it. And we had so many dunks in that game where it was a blowout. Then we went and played Indiana. And the only time we had to play Indiana in the regular season, they came to college park and it was the same situation. Defense was strong. Reese played out of his mind against, um, the, the Big Ten player of the year, who I'm already yeah. forgetting. Oh, um, uh, Travis Jackson Davis? Yeah, yeah, Trace Jackson. Yeah, he, he's a great player. But Reese held his own against him. And then, you know, Young played played huge. We had some good good shooting that game. But we, we pressed them, so we caused a lot of turnovers, and we pushed the ball. So it was utilizing the athleticism that we've always had. And it's like, put, you know, it doesn't always have to be this is my offense. You guys are going to come in and run my offense. And, you know, Willard really what it, what my favorite part is because I saw in the season that he was willing to say, here's my talent. Here's how I can maximize what they can do. For sure. And I mean, that Indiana game was fun. I, I mean, I was yelling at that TV. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I was getting into it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, my, uh, my favorite moment, obviously, I, I really don't have a favorite moment. Honestly, just, I'm just really just proud of the team. I, I would just think the whole season was just a, a fun moment. Yeah. Um, I thought Maryland basketball was born again. Yeah. Um, you know, to see the Xfinity Center packed uh, for every game. When you see Scott Van Pelt come into the games, um, the energy, um, you know, from where this team was a year ago, I really, really, if you told me that this is where, this is where they're now at, um, I, I, I would have I wouldn't have believed it. So um that's that's just really just my my favorite moment. It's just this year, just everyone know everyone being brought in, there's a trust and going out there and, and defining what Maryland basketball is. Well, I love you just said Maryland basketball is back. And you know, I actually probably should say my favorite moment of the year is 
he brought the swag back to Maryland. Mm-hmm. And he said it in his press conference that he's like, he goes, I know what this place has been. I know what it can be. And we're going to get it there. And we're going to bring an, you know, an edge to it. And he was able to do that in year one. You know yeah. what I mean? L- listen, let's be honest. Like we're Maryland and the, the mid Atlantic and the, the Northeast, they're not choir boys, you know? Yeah. People, you know, you get you go recruit people from Philadelphia like like Turgeon did and brought some of those guys down. There's a there's an edge to them. And and it's I don't mind that. You know, if, if you make a play, if you dunk and you yell at the guy and you know, and some of that stuff, like I'm okay with that. I'm okay and, with and it. He too. allowed those players to be that way, and and he's found a style that showcased it a little bit. And it especially, you know, that Indiana game when they were, you know all kinds of dunks and high flying. It was like that got exciting. That brought back the swagger into Xfinity, like Mm -hmm. you said. And so the fans got into it and you got the students into it. The fans came back. I mean, he filled that place much quicker than any of us thought he was going to be able to, like you said. So it's just, there's a whole lot of excitement. And that's after year one. After year one. After year one, I agree with that. And actually, well, we're going to save that for this last part of the show, and that is final message. Incoming message. Thoughts are running through my mind. Someone took some time to find a minute or two to organize. Final message. Um, where, where do you see, this is year one, where do you see this team going into next year realistically yeah i'm gonna be realistic with this and some of our folks you know uh that that are gonna see this might be a little bit surprised and say i'm crazy i think we're we're we have a chance by utilizing the portal to put to be a contender next year Mm -hmm. i mean with our freshman class coming in i think he knows what pieces to bring in and there's a couple pieces that haven't hit the transfer portal that could i.e a kid from villanova who went to matha um i think we're in in the title for a big 10 champs i think we could be a top 10 to 15 team all season you know with some of these players and my my, me going out on on a limb here but if we're going to have a a spread out NCAA, and you see what happened in this tournament, and if we're going to have more of what this tournament is because the talent spread, you can't tell me without with what they're bringing in in freshmen and potential transfers next year that this team can't do what UConn's doing. Absolutely, that's what's crazy. Is like, it's like, does it make me crazy to say like, there's a chance if if they put the pieces together, they could be a national title contender next year. I agree with that. I'm I I I I think. If everything is right where it should be, I don't think losing Coach Skin hurts. Um, I think he set the he's now set the foundation of recruiting. Willard's going to bring in his guys that are going to fit his system, and I really think those that are coming back, they're re- they're going to be ready for this moment because they've like I he even said in the poster, he said you guys have set the tone uh-huh. for what Maryland basketball is, and. I, I really think next year they can pretend. I believe that we could be potentially a number one seed for March Madness. Guaranteed. Yeah. That's, that's, I think you'll get a better team that can shoot the ball, 
Mm-hmm. I think the defense will be better. I can see Julian Reese really making a first, a first bit, a first All Big Ten team. Yeah. Um, Jameer Young can definitely make one. Uh, can make the first one as well. Um, I'm, I'm really optimistic for this team. The, the future is bright. Um, I was really kind of nervous <laughs> coming into the season. Like, oh, okay, he's okay. Eh, let, let's see what you got. And shoo, just took right off. He hasn't looked back. So um shout out to Kevin Willard, man. It's been a, a well, it's almost it was a year around this time we hired him. It was, yeah. So wow, uh, just in just in one year. Um he did something that Mark couldn't do. I'm not I'm just kidding. Um but you're not the, kidding, you're right. <laughs> but like um I'm just really proud of this team and just what they've been able to accomplish this year. Um, this team will be back strong next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think though, the landscape of college basketball is changing, you know, I, not the, the, the power of five schools and the, the mid, the rise of the mid majors are really starting to start to are starting to show. And you know, you have all four number one seeds the first time in March Madness history, if I'm saying that correctly, aren't going to the final four. That lets me know that hey, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you almost you could have had a Fairleigh Dickinson winning the national championship. Right. Or F, you know, FAU. Um, so I'm really excited for Maryland basketball. Um, I would still like to see the same support, like for the men, just for the women. I want to see that support for both teams um, because I think our home record this year combined where we were 20 and 0, we didn't lose a home game. The women too? Women too. That's combined men and women. Men men lost one game too, but in big 10, they didn't lose a game. Right. No, they lost to UCLA. Right. Yeah. That's not going to say non-conference, but at home. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 20 and 0. That's so impressive. So very impressive. um, Yeah. I I just think that the, the, we're we're on the rise, and it's not just with basketball, football team too. Um, we know the big, we know the lacrosse team. Lacrosse is going to be it's going to be solid. The baseball team they're finding their stride, um, but Maryland is on the way up, and we're not looking back. So I'm excited to be a Maryland Terrapin fan. Um, unlike some who um, didn't even make March Madness. And declined an NIT invite. <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there. For a certain someone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's actually going to conclude this episode of Big Nate Sports Talk. Will, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. I will leave the link for uh, Sean's. Sean Spencer's YouTube channel. You can catch Will and Sean on Wednesdays, Washington Football Weekly. Um, they will keep you up to date with Washington news. Um, also, too, um, you will also can probably catch you if, at some point in the future. Uh, we'll probably have Will back on here and previewing um, when the season starts for next year, his expectations, um, especially for the first game. Um, and hopefully, um, same around the same time, he'll be back on here. So we'll hopefully have Will Kramer on here for future episodes. Um, 
But thank you so much, Will, for tuning in, uh, for joining me. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please like, comment, and subscribe. Um, I will catch you guys on the next couple episodes of Maryland Women's Recap against South Carolina. Best of luck to your Gamecocks tonight um, as you. they will beat uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, I actually have them winning 85, no, 87-77. I can see that. Yeah, you, and you guys are going to be facing uh, St. Francis Finest, the Bayou Barbie Angel Reese, and the Los Louisiana State Tigers. Guaranteed. Do they want this again? Well, I, I think this. I think LSU would be ready for you guys. They're motivated. Kim Mul- Kim Mulkey said it in the parsec after they beat um, who they beat the other night. To get to the final four, I can't remember, but she said, Oh, it's only two SEC teams in the finals. I was like, Okay, and she got it right, <laughs> she's gonna get it right. Yeah. She so, might, she might, yeah, she'll be fun tonight. I think, I think, you know, like you said, it, it's gonna be a weather the storm. Let, let, I was gonna stick around longer than Maryland did. Hats off to the Maryland women's team, and they played, they played really well. It's, yeah, there is a depth difference, and that's what happened in the second half. Mm-hmm. I can't defend that. What do you want me to say to that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you're right. And I think that's something she's going to definitely work on. And uh, losing three freshmen, that really uh, puts a damper on things. But I trust Brenda and the process, and um, it's nothing new. So mm-hmm. um, She did great. She, she overachieved, too. You know, both both basketball teams kind of overachieved based on yep. some of the, you know, turmoil they had at the end of last year. For sure. For sure. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, um, you want to see the other two episodes, episode 10 from Maryland Women's Basketball. We'll record that in a little bit. And I'm also going to record the Final Four preview for the men. Um, those games actually start tomorrow. The women start tonight. Um, I'm not liking the fact that the women had, I think, four days of rest compared to the men. Where they got practically a week off, but right. I do like what they've done with the women, though. Everyone in Dallas, because the school that I was at uh, about seven years ago, Christopher Newport University, out of Newport mm-hmm. News, Virginia, yeah, they're in the championship game, right? And they're yeah. playing it in Dallas. So yep. I remember because the met the the CNU men's team actually won the national championship this year for for. D3 basketball, and then the women play, and I kept wondering, well, where's the game? What's going on? Like, I knew mm-hmm. they they won in the Final Four, and, you know, the so the D3 women have had a lot of time off, which is a lot, but you're right. For I sure. Mean, you know, Gamecocks played on – on that was my complaint. They played Monday, and Monday. now they're playing Friday, and mm-hmm. you're making the number one overall play at 9 o'clock at night. Uh, they're an East Coast team. Why are they not the 7 o'clock game, you know? Those because winner plays Sunday. Them, Will. You know those, those whoever wins, either team is going to get get home about midnight. They're not going to go to sleep. Like there's not going to be the type of rest that they should have at this time. So I don't know what they're doing. I don't like. I, it. I, I don't get it. You you <laughs> makes no sense at all. Right. But um, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day, ladies and gentlemen. Get ready for these games tonight. Um, Best of luck to South Carolina, Iowa, LSU, and Virginia Tech. And then for the men, best of luck tomorrow. Um, but like I said, be on the being lookout on those episodes. It will be out tonight. But uh, again, please like, comment, and subscribe. I will catch you guys 
On the flip side, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. Will, thank you so much for thank joining you. me on this episode. And catch you guys on the flip side. Peace, ladies and gentlemen. Forgot one other thing. Want to bring in um, the final. I wanted to get in the commercial here. Completely forgot about it. Um, the sponsor of this ep- of today of this episode is Zagnif Apparel LCC. I'm gonna close it out with that. If you want to dress like you're famous, ladies and gentlemen, check out Zagnif Apparel LCC. You get a nice 15% off using my code, Big Nate's Big Nate. Again, check out Zagnif Apparel. Hanging off with this. Peace out, ladies and gentlemen. The following is a presentation of Zagnif Productions LLC. Introducing Zagnif Apparel. Our comfortable line of leisure wear and athletic wear will have you comfortable and stylish at any occasion. Whether you're at the gym, out shopping, or just relaxing at home. Whether you're an athlete or just want to lay around the house, we've got the perfect outfit for you. Stop by our website today and pick up your favorite pieces. Zagnif Apparel. Dress like you're already famous. that episode and you want to see more content be sure to like comment and subscribe bring your sports game on big nate sports talk it's on all the time anytime i want to thank you i want to thank you yeah i want to thank you for all the times you've put up with me thank you and you help me retain my sanity Thank you I want to thank you And I want to thank you All I want to do is say thank you For everything